This episode of Samantha Zombie Podcast is brought to you by people who drive those a little Azuzu Jeep things. Hey, I see you. Listening to the Savannah Zombie Podcast, the podcast of author Josh Vasquez. That's me, and this is the podcast where I talk about all kinds of things. I talk about uh, zombies and and writing and, and the books with the, with the zombies in them. I, I talk about all those things, but sometimes I talk about some nerdy stuff uh, because that's the stuff that I'm into. And uh, yeah, so this month of December 2020. Uh, I've been talking about Star Wars because uh, there's no major uh, Star Wars movie released this year. And pretty much since Disney uh, bought out Lucasfilm, uh, they've pretty much been releasing a movie a year. Um, so it just uh, it just feels a little feels a little uh, there's a little Star Wars gap. So, um, but it's really not really because that's pretty much the whole point of today's episode. Um, but yeah, so I've talked about their sequel trilogy in two episodes, and um, and pretty uh, pretty lengthy episodes there. Cause I got some thoughts, man. I got some thoughts about them. So if you haven't listened to those episodes, you can go back and check those out. Um, uh, but uh, yeah, that's uh, that was that was before. This is now. All right. So even though there hasn't been a big uh, Star Wars movie release this year, there's definitely been some Star Wars stuff going on um, that we definitely, uh, definitely want to talk about. So of course, if you've been living under a rock, you don't know what's going on. Um, man, have I got some news for you. 2020 has given us some stuff, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, but uh, one of the good things out of that is uh, The Mandalorian, Star Wars' uh, first, like, I guess, TV show, not including, I guess, the animated uh, droids and, um, well, I guess any of the animated stuff, I guess, now that I think about it, yeah, there's uh, Clone Wars (laughs) and Rebels and Resistance. Okay, there's a lot of TV shows, but the first live-action TV show, as long as you don't count the straight to TV movies, um, the Ewok Adventure, Return to Endor, and all that fun stuff. But those were TV movies, not live action television shows. <laughs> oh, it's so early when I record these. Um, but anyways, yeah, so like uh, I didn't do an episode on the first season of Mandalorian when it came out last year. Um, it was one of those things that I wanted to do. Um, but, uh, it was kind of around the time where, like, I guess, like, uh, in between just, like, uh, holidays and, like, work and, like, all that fun stuff, like, I just, uh, I really kind of fell off that podcast train, um, and, uh, just ended up not doing an episode on the first season of The Mandalorian, which is a real bummer because it's super good. Um, so anyways, uh, yeah, we're just gonna, we're just gonna do one, one big episode talking about season one and season two of The Mandalorian. Uh, so it's probably gonna be a couple parts, uh, different recordings for myself, one big episode for y'all, and, um, it'll, uh, it'll be a lot of fun, it'll be a lot of fun because I've been re-watching season one 
and just being reminded about how good how good it was and uh, the last episode of season two just came out Friday and is blown up the Star Wars fandom um, it's uh, yeah we'll get to that one later because man I got like so I will say this uh, without any spoilers uh, so you know you can listen to the majority of this episode without hitting spoilers until we get to the the end of it. Um, this last episode in season two, there have been many things in season two and season one uh, that have made me very excited as a Star Wars fan, and I have really enjoyed and have just been just super excited about uh, watching this show. It's this episode eight in season two i don't know how many times i jumped out of my seat and jumped around and it was like ah and just like screamed um but quietly because uh as i was watching it the the second half of the episode my um my five-year-old was on a kindergarten zoom so i had to be much more subdued but she was kind of just laughing at me at the uh, out of the corner of her eye uh, because her her dad was jumping up and down like a big old goofy kid. So um, I will say that about this final episode of season two. So if you haven't caught up yet, um, stop listening to this podcast. Go catch up. Go catch up on the Mandalorian. And if you haven't if you haven't listened to season or you haven't uh, watched season one yet, uh, go catch up on that too. You know, like what are you doing listening to this podcast and you haven't even watched season one? So. Uh, Mmm. Coffee. I let that coffee uh sit a little bit too long in the French press. It's a little on the uh, little on the colder side now. But you know, you gotta do what you gotta do early in the morning, man. You gotta get that gotta get that caffeine fix. Um so anyways, um uh, man, where do where do we even start? Where do we even start? Cause like uh like I have been like rewatching the uh season one and all that. And kind of trying to just, you know, uh, remember all the, the, the cool stuff that happened. Oh, but there's just so much cool stuff that happens. And um, it is raining currently, so if you hear that in the background, that's what that is. Um, so I apologize for that. It's one of the uh, downsides of doing the, the podcast while you are driving to work in the morning. Um, so hopefully it doesn't rain all day because... Uh, think my rain jacket's in the truck somewhere uh but uh yeah anyways uh man so like where to start where to start like uh i don't remember exactly when this was released uh i know when uh disney was kind of starting to pump out new star wars stuff like there was talks of uh of uh, an Obi-Wan show which ha- has since been confirmed and just recently confirmed that um, of course uh, Ewan McGregor will be back to reprise his role as Obi-Wan but not only that but Hayden Christensen will be back to uh, reprise his role as Anakin Skywalker and Darth Vader um, which is um, it's a little it's a little funny because everybody's pretty much like yeah this is this is awesome but like so many people you know wanted to give him a a hard time when the prequels came out and all that stuff and it's just like yeah but basically what i what i chalk it up to is like these are all the kids that grew up with the prequels and 
have now like grown up and are like excited to see him come back and all that stuff so uh but yeah uh disney was like they had these ideas for some shows and stuff like that they kind of wanted to do uh there was this talks of this like star wars like like underground kind of uh like uh gangster um you know more more of that side of star wars and all that stuff um that was like an original like uh i want to say one of the ideas that like george lucas had that he always wanted to do but it, it just never never worked out never had the 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 not in the means of doing it because i mean he's george lucas but um uh, but, uh, yeah, just one of those things that just never came to be, um, and, uh, so, like, there's all these talks about, uh, doing shows and stuff like that. Everybody wanted a Boba Fett show, um, just because he's one of those, he's just one of those, like, characters that everybody's, like, really, you know, just likes, and we didn't really get to see that much of him in, uh, the original trilogy, which is, it's just always been one of those, like, kind of interesting things that Boba Fett was so well-liked, and he, uh, really didn't have any, didn't really have any impact on the, you know, the main movies, um, I mean, he did have some significant impact, but, you know, like, he just wasn't, like, he wasn't, like, the big character, like, you would think he was, like, with the people's, uh, uh, I guess, affection towards him, you know, um, and, uh, yeah, so there's, like, once this, uh, this Boba Fett show, and then Disney kind of released, hey, we got something in the works, and it's gonna kind of scratch that itch of the Boba Fett show that you guys are wanting, and then it's released that they're doing this show, and it's called The Mandalorian, um, so, like, who is The Mandalorian? We don't, we don't know, um, you know, other than uh, Boba Fett and his uh, his daddy Jango Fett from Attack of the Clones um, in the movies. I mean, there really isn't that much. Is the word even Mandalorian even mentioned in the movies? I don't think it is in the original trilogy. I don't know if it is in... Uh prequels either interesting hmm. um but anyways and then you got clone wars and, and rebels and there's a bunch of uh mandalorian storylines in there um and so kind of like uh, uh jango fett and boba fett like are they aren't they mandalorians anyways long story short um all of this kind of like leading up to like buzz for the show it's going to be released on disney plus disney's new streaming service everybody's kind of like okay uh, marvel's supposed to be releasing a bunch of shows on there as well which they're going to start rolling out next january which is exciting um and uh yeah so like it was just like kind of like Everybody was kind of like, all right, like we like the idea of this, but we're just unsure uh, just because the Disney movies had kind of uh, kind of like not left a bad taste in a lot of people's mouth. But just I, there, there's just a lot of conflicted opinions on the sequel trilogy as demonstrated in the past two episodes. And that's just me. That's just, that's just one dude, you know. <laughs> um so yeah like uh mandalorian uh came out last year um along with uh the rise of skywalker um which you know we talked about these last two episodes um and uh yeah it was just kind of uh 
you know, just some unsureness about it as it, as it came out. But uh, it didn't take very long for people to be, like, on board with this. And, you know, uh, <laughs> it was uh, surprisingly really, really, really good. Um, let's see. Any pre-show pre stuff to talk about? Oh, yeah. I remember one of the big things, too, is... Um, you know, they said that they were going to be releasing one episode at a time. And a lot of people were like, what? They're going to be releasing one episode at a time? Like, because like most, you know, most people that you know, have streaming services and stuff like that, they dump the whole season all at once so you can binge it and you can just uh, watch through the whole thing. Um, but Disney was like, nope, we're just going to do one episode a week and uh, that's it. And honestly, that's one of the things I like about the show is that it is an episode a week because uh, it's like, for one, it, it gives you that thing to look forward to on uh, Fridays. Um, it's like, all right, new episodes coming out um, Thursday, which just kind of has always been my long day at work. Um, it, it, it was that nice little, uh, that little treat, you know, um, it's kind of like a reward. Um, but, uh, it's, uh, it's, uh, yeah, it was just that nice little thing to get through Thursday, but like, all right, just got to get, get through today and get home and Mandalorian tomorrow morning. And so, uh, yeah, I kind of like the episode a week. I know some people that have told me that they're like, I'm not watching an episode a week. I'm going to wait till it's all out. And like, I get it. Like you want to watch it all at once. You want the whole like experience all at the same time. But how do you, like, avoid spoilers and stuff like that? Because, um, for the most part, people have been pretty cool about spoilers and, like, trying to wait, like, you know, like, wait a few days um, and before they post things about it. Take a sip of coffee real quick. Mm-hmm. That's some good stuff. But, uh, yeah, most people are pretty good about spoilers. You know, you always have your people that ruin the fun and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, like, you can't expect people not to, like, talk about things, too. Like, when big things happen in an episode. Um, and then you're, you're all like, well, I'm, I, it was spoiled for me. I was going to wait for the whole season to come out. It's like, look, that was, that was your choice to wait until the whole season come out. You could have watched it together with the rest of us, but you didn't. All right? Um, so, anyways, again, that's my opinion on that. I really enjoy the episode a week thing. I'm glad that Disney's kind of sticking to that with uh, their Marvel shows. It seems like they're going to be doing that. Um, and then, um, yeah, so, and all the other new Star Wars shows that have come out of the success of the, the Mandalorian. So, we got that going for us, Star Wars fans. All right, so episode one in season one is probably one of the best uh, first episodes of a, of a show that I've seen in a while, you know. Um, it just does such a good job of not only setting up the world of Star Wars for people that are new or not as familiar with it, but getting everybody else, like 
all like the longtime Star Wars fans like back into it and like almost kind of resetting resetting it um and that kind of goes off the back of kind of the some of the stuff where i talked about uh the sequel trilogy last last a uh, couple episodes is that they did such like a like they worked so hard on trying to like make it uh, make it feel like star wars where like the mandalorian is it is just it is star wars you know like uh like you immediately are able to kind of put yourself back into the world and you're like oh like it's like almost for like long-term fans I think it is like this feels familiar and this feels right where it was also like uh like opening and like welcoming to like new fans and stuff like that and people who aren't familiar uh with Star Wars and I've recommended The Mandalorian to, like, a bunch of people saying, like, hey, like, look, like, this show's really good. Um, you don't have to know everything about Star Wars. It helps. Um, but, um, yeah, I mean, it's really more of a a Western kind of feel, especially in season one. Uh, you get more samurai stuff kind of throughout um, season one and uh, more more samurai kind of feels in season two. But, uh, yeah, like, it's, it's a really accessible show. It's, like, I, it's got Star Wars on it, but you should not be put off, uh, by, by, by the name Star Wars. Uh, you should definitely check it out either way. Um, but, yeah, the, the, the first, uh, episode is just, just so good at just starting things off and starting things off, like, without, like, having to drop a bunch of exposition and, um, you know, even kind of, like, foregoing, like, when we think of Star Wars, you know, we think of that opening crawl, and we think about the story kind of being set up by these, by these three paragraphs, which is a call back to the old, like, uh, like, serials that George Lucas used to watch as a kid, um, like Buck Rogers, Flash Gordon, stuff like that, and, um, you know, when he made Star Wars, he was paying, like, homage to, uh, to, to those things, um, but like with Mandalorian, like you don't you don't have that. It's all it's all set up very uh, cinematically. You're introduced to uh, what seems to be some conflict in a bar, um, which you know whether it's in space or you know in an old west uh, saloon. You know we've all seen the the conflict in a bar scene, and then at the door. Uh, the mysterious stranger uh, arrives <laughs> and uh, kind of saunters in and all that. And it's exactly what uh, the Mandalorian does in the very first scene. And uh, just just super good. Uh, just sets up uh, the, the character of Mando um, so well. Like, he barely says anything. He's, he's quiet. He's reserved. Um, but you can also tell that he's got a, a handle on the situation at all times. And uh, he's outnumbered, but he's able to easily best, uh, best these goons. And, um, yeah, and even in, uh, even in the beginning, like, it sets the tone 
by uh, one of the, the guys that uh, is picking the fight with Mando. Uh, he tries to get away through the, the door. So uh, uh, Mando shoots the door uh, mechanism and makes the door like close, but it's like one of those like, uh, I don't know how to describe it. Like it's uh, the door closes in like a, like kind of like a circle, I guess, but basically uh, cuts the dude in half. Um, and of course it is Disney, so it is still somewhat safe, but like you, uh, it cuts back to like, uh, cuts back to a shot of the Mando and you just kind of see like the, uh, the edge of the, the bad guy's legs like fall to the ground. So you're like, Oh, okay. This, this show is uh, just a little bit, uh, a little bit on the darker side, you know? Um, so like, you know, blood or anything, even though there definitely would be a time because Buddy just got cut in half and it wasn't a lightsaber. So it wasn't like a clean cut and it wasn't cauterized. Um, but, uh, yeah, so yeah, it definitely just it sets up the tone, especially with that shot. Um, and then it cuts back to him and, uh, the guy that the, uh, the other guys were like picking on and all that stuff. And, uh, turns out he's, he's the bounty. And so, um, you know, just in one, one line, uh, it just kind of, again, sets up the, the, the Mandalorian's character. He's like, I can take you in warm, or I can take you in cold. And, like, that's all he says. And, uh, so it's just like, okay, well, like, yeah, you get this guy immediately. You're on board. You're in, you're, like, in the show. You're, you're kind of set in the, in the universe. And it was just a great call to uh, cast uh, Horatio Sands in that role because he's just got that great comedic timing and the whole time the guy as you know Mando's taking him back to the ship and like in the ship the guy's just like bumbling and like trying to like talk his way out of it and just you know trying to uh, you know trying to connect with the uh, with the Mandalorian with Mando and just not getting anywhere, <laughs> not getting anywhere, and he's just, you know, he's, he's just nervously talking, and just talking about just crazy stuff, and ends up, like, using an excuse that he has to go use the, uh, the bathroom, uh, and, uh, yeah, just, just, is great stuff, and, um, the way that scene ends, um, is with, you know, him talking about, you know, I was hoping to, be back uh, to Life Day, which, you know, of course is a callback to the Star Wars Christmas special, which, you know, is, you know, infamously uh, hated and uh, will probably never see the light of day except for, you know, like uh, stolen uh, the or, or bootleg copies on, on YouTube or something like that. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and, you know, Life Day has kind of been brought a little bit more back to the, the forefront with... Uh, with the, the mention in Mandalorian, and then it's also mentioned in the, the recent Lego Christmas special. Um, so, yeah, it's kind of like, and it was just like one of those little things, and like this very first scene that the, you could just tell, like the creators, um, John Favreau and, uh, Dan Filoni? just went blank on his <laughs> his name um uh they just like that you know it's like a, a little thing like hey older star wars fans like we see you like you know like we know you're there um that one was was just for you so anyways uh the the horatio sands is just babbling on it's like oh, i was hoping to be home by life day 
and uh, as he's like kind of just like talking looking through the Mando ship like you know not doing what he's supposed to be doing he starts realizing that um, these are a bunch of uh, carbon freezed uh, bounties on the ship and he uh, kind of uh, is just I guess talking or you know saying out loud he's like well once he realizes what's what's kind of happening with the the carbon freeze uh, bounties and all that he's like oh, I guess I'm not gonna make it home for life day and uh, the Mando just shows up like right behind him he's like nope guess not <laughs> it's, and it's such a it's a just a, a, a dead delivery on that line just done expertly by Pedro Pascal uh, the the voice behind the Mandalorian and um, more more times often he is he is the guy in the suit there are two other actors that that play uh, uh, the Mandalorian uh, one is uh, more for the fighting the other ones uh, I think for like like stunts and stuff like that um, and they all three of them kind of bring the character to life but uh, yeah just in that line you know Pedro Pascal just uh, just again sets up that character that he does have a sense of humor but he's also very serious he's a you know very good at what he does he's uh, at this time you know kind of as we find out like one of the best bounty hunters in that area of the galaxy and um, yeah it's just uh, yeah that first scene in that episode it just sets it up so so good and um, it's just such a strong scene um, you could just really tell how much uh, thought and care went into uh, this one scene of setting up the show because if you don't buy it in this first scene like if you don't if you're not in like it's just like I feel like the whole show kind of like suffers for it um, which I think was kind of like going back to those those sequel movies, one of the things that kind of like, I guess, I don't know, I don't know if the sequel movies like did as well, you know, like those initial scenes kind of, um, like, and I feel like it's probably Force Awakens and Rise of Skywalker uh, a little bit more than Last Jedi, but The Last Jedi also like picks up right after um, the Force Awakens, so it kind of doesn't really need that establishing scene, I guess, you know, but, um, yeah, like, the first scenes in those movies are, they're, you know, they're good, but, yeah, I, I just, going back to, all, well, anyways, that was last week's episode, let's talk about the Mandalorian, let's talk about the good things, <laughs> um, so, yeah, first scene, really good. Um, so, like, most people are in and uh, invested by that. And then the rest, rest of the episode, just, just, uh, it's just great. Takes the um, Mando back to uh, the Bounty Hunters Guild on, I think the name of the planet is Navarro. I think, uh, I think that's what it is. Um, I only looked up one piece of information um, about this episode, and that is that it takes place five years after Return of the Jedi. So, um, and that's that's the only one I looked up. So, all the other stuff I'm kind of doing off the top of my head. Pretty sure it's Navarro. So he takes uh, the uh, bounty back to the bounty hunter guild, turns it in, gets paid for it, 
um, and like immediately ask for the the next job. And so um, you just get this sense that this guy is just all about all about work. Um, they do a good job of kind of just setting up like the state of the galaxy um, with um, Bando getting originally paid in imperial credits. And he's like, you know, the, the empire's gone. These aren't worth what they would you say they are. And so ends up getting uh, another form of currency, Mon Calamari Flan, which is just a, a fun thing to say. And um, yeah, and then just basically like he's just ready to take the next job and then ends up finding about this big job and uh, decides to take that learns that it's a little bit unusual it doesn't have the normal tracking fob that uh, a normal bounty would it was all kind of done um, in person you know handshake kind of deal um, so ends up finding out that it's for the empire or at least a small remnant of the empire um, and just kind of the whole deal is just really shrouded in mystery it's not really given any information except that the target is 50 years old um so he ends up uh taking the job and going to find it um and is introduced to um an awesome new quiller <laughs> excuse me an awesome new character named uh quill and uh, uh, that's with a K, not a Q, like Star Wars or Star Lord. <laughs> I'm getting all my words mixed up. And um, um, who is uh, voiced by Nick Nolte and played by an actress um, whose name is also escaping my mind right now, um, who is uh, gets to play another role in um, season two. So it's always cool to see her come back. And um, of course, you know, she's like in a like a, a, a puppet, a puppeted outfit, I guess you could say. Um, but he, uh, Quill is a, an Ugnaught and basically helps the Mando um, kind of, uh, I guess, go after this bounty because it's been bringing bounty hunters and mercenaries and all these people to the valley and it's just such a ah, just such a western vibe it's like you know there's not been peace in this valley since you know all these uh, uh mercenaries started come looking for uh for whatever this uh this bounty is and uh so the mandalorians pretty much uh quill helps him in order to bring peace to the valley and it's just such it's just such western vibes and you could just tell that like they were influenced by the things that kind of uh, George Lucas was influenced by and uh, which I think is a big uh, a big strong suit for for the show is that they were you drew influence from things that um, influenced George Lucas when he made the original trilogy uh, rather than being just influenced by the original trilogy you know and uh, not to go back to the whole sequel trilogy and uh, versus the Mandalorian. It's like, I think that's one of the things though, is that the sequel trilogy tried to uh, be like the original trilogy so much um, where the original trilogy was based off all of these, you know, Westerns and space operas and um, samurai films that George Lucas loved. 
Um, and I feel like Mandalorian tries to base themselves off of those things while kind of setting themselves in the Star Wars universe. And it just makes a difference, you know? It's just like, it's like one of those things. Like, what is the difference between these sequel movies and The Mandalorian? And I think that's just the biggest thing is that they base themselves off of the things that George Lucas based the original movies on as opposed to just basing themselves on the previous movies and the things that came before in Star Wars. Um, so yeah, he's tasked with, uh, um, uh, getting this bounty, but also bringing, uh, um, peace to the valley kind of deal, um, ends up getting teamed up with, uh, IG-88, I think it is, IG-88, um, I think IG-11 is the one in Empire, I might have that backwards, I don't remember, um, but, uh, yeah, bounty hunter droid, which, We've only seen, like, one time in, um, he's been in, like, other Star Wars stuff, but, like, in the movies, like, he's only been in Empire. Um, he was one of the bounty hunters that was tasked with finding the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but he was, uh, you know, just a, he was literally just a statue, and he just stood there, and I think his head moved and stuff like that, but he, he had no movement. Um, so, but we actually get to see like how this droid operates in the show and he's like all spinning around and of course he's voiced by Taika Watiti, who just just brings this uh, amazing comedic uh, timing to him all while delivering it in like complete like robot voice and like dead tone and all that stuff it's just it's just good stuff and um, and then the episode uh, ends on a huge like uh, cliffhanger just a huge moment where uh they find the bounty uh they're able to uh bando teams up with this bounty hunter droid and they take all the mercenaries out and all that and they find the bounty and it's it's a baby you know it's a baby but not only is it a baby but it's a baby you know and i hate you know i don't want i don't hate these term. I, I don't really don't care either way it's baby yoda you know like We've only seen Yoda, and we briefly saw Yaddle in episode one, um, but other than that, that's really all we've seen of this species, so it was just like this huge, what moment, um, and it was super funny to see people be like, oh, I thought this was set after Return of the Jedi, how is there a baby Yoda? It's like, is it, it's a different, it's a different one, it's like, you know, like, <laughs> like, you kind of low-key racist, you know, you see one green little pony do with ears, and you assume they're all the same green little pony do with ears, like, no, man, that's a different one, <laughs> this one's a baby, um, so, yeah, it was just crazy, and then Baby Yoda took the world by storm, um, and, uh, I'm, I'm at work, so I'll continue this, uh, this part later, talking about, uh, talking about season one i haven't even made it out of episode one yet so you know it's gonna be a nice long episode nice long episode for your uh for your christmas break um so but uh yeah so i'm gonna go to work and i'll see y'all in a little bit all right uh welcome back um, and by welcome back, I mean, uh, welcome back to me, because it's part two of the Mandalorian episode. Um, yep. So, let's see. I'm, I'm trying to think of where I left off. Pretty much just, uh, just got into the very beginnings of, uh, I guess episode one. Kind of just dealing with that stuff. 
Um, yeah, probably should have prepared a little bit more before I hit that record button, but you know what? I didn't. I didn't. I mean, I was reading about The Mandalorian a little bit last night, just a little bit, you know, behind-the-scenes stuff and, and trivias, trying to make sure I got everybody's name right. Uh, <laughs> I think I called Dave Filoni Dan Filoni. What? That's not his name. And, uh, yeah, so... Anyways, that's what happens when you don't you don't do any research. Uh, but yeah, the the music, the intro music, you know, uh, that's that's more for me. Just get me into the mindset of the uh, of the podcast. So, anyways, let's get that out of there. All right. Um, so yeah, I have like been rewatching season one because uh, I knew I was gonna kind of be talking about it and just trying to refresh my memory and man i forgot how good season one was like it's a it's a i mean i think a little bit more simple not not that it's like simple but like uh compared to season two you know it's just a little bit more uh you know it's it's season two man they just like they go all out um but yeah man season one's really good um and even the episodes that i was like okay that's that's cool um, the first go around, like after rewatching them, I was like, I really, really enjoyed them. Um, uh, one of those episodes is episode is that three years or four. Uh, it's three or four. I think it's three. Um, which is the sanctuary, which is directed by, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. Um, and, um, who uh, is well known for her roles in Jurassic World and many other movies, and then of course being the daughter of Ron Howard. Um, but you know she is an esteemed actress and a director, all on her own. Um, but yeah, it's 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 kind of it's always kind of cool to see those kind of stories in Hollywood. You know, a lot of times you see like the the kids that grow up kind of in Hollywood and things. You know, just don't work out for him or it the, the fame kind of gets too much for him it's just it's always nice to see that, <laughs> that refreshing story of uh you have uh, ron howard who pretty much you know was child star and grew up and you know became uh an esteemed director in his own right i don't know why i keep saying esteemed <laughs> it's my my go-to word this morning uh but became you know a, a pretty uh uh pretty awesome director and um yeah, and his, his daughter kind of just, she followed in his footsteps, and neither one of them uh, went off the deep end, so it's always it's always nice to see that <laughs> nice, nice positive story, uh, but yeah, she directed this episode, and um, I remember, like, when watching, watching uh, the season one the first time, I was like, all right, it's kind of, kind of feels like a filler episode, which, like, there's only eight episodes in this season, so, I mean, there's really not room for filler, um, and, of course, like, you know, characters in this episode would come back later, uh, like, I guess, uh, of course, meeting, uh, Cara Dune, who is played by Gina Carano, who, uh, I really enjoyed her in that role, and I think she's been doing a great job, I'm kind of excited about the future of her character in, um, Star Wars, uh, but, uh, yeah, so, yeah, when I, I remember, like, kind of originally watching it, and it's like, okay, it's a nice little side story, a little, uh, you know, a little side quest for Mando, you got your, you got your main story, and then you kind of got your side quest that you get, uh, you get 
roped into or, you know, you just kind of, uh, you know, you're just dealing with side things before you deal with the, the main thing kind of deal. And that's what the episode felt like to me to begin with. But it was really, one, it was a great episode for just seeing how uh, uh, Mando, I don't think we know his name by, by this point in season one. I don't think we learned that until like the last, the last episode. This is the last one or the second last one. Um, but yeah, we uh, we just see more about how much he kind of is beginning to care about uh, the child, uh, Baby Yoda, Grogu, whatever you want to, whatever you want to call him. I, I kind of just still call him Baby Yoda just because that's what people people know him as. Um, but uh, I'll also call him by his name, Grogu. Um, I think the one thing that people don't call him is the child. That's like the one thing that Disney wanted wanted to stick, and it, it, it's it's just not sticking. But uh, yeah, so you really see how how the Mandalorian he's really kind of not only cared about this uh, you know this kid and to save him from the uh, from the Imperials and then from the Bounty Hunters Guild. Um, and kind of blow all that stuff, which I completely jumped over that episode, but I'll, I'll, I'll jump around and stuff like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, like he not only like uh, cared about him to like save him and stuff like that, but you really see that he's like starting to like, kind of like actually like care about him, like, you know? And like, there's this like whole like theme in the, uh, sanctuary episode where they end up on like this, uh, backwater planet trying to hide. He ends up running into Cara Dune, um, who's a former rebel uh, drop soldier, and she's hiding out as well. She doesn't want anything to do with like the New Republic, and doesn't want uh, anything to do with like you know whatever. She's just like I, you know I served my time. I'm just not. I think she said something about like it's considered an early retirement or something like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, uh, Mando and Grogu, they head to this planet and they're going to hide, uh, but ends up, they're not able to hide. And then they get roped up into this whole thing with these, uh, with these raiders that are attacking this village and taking all their stuff. And the village is trying to like, uh, hire Mando to, uh, fight them off. And then turns out they have an ATST, one of those chicken walkers that you first see in Empire Strikes Back. And, um, then, of course, featured in Return of the Jedi and the Battle of Endor. Um, but, uh, yeah, which, you know, like, in those movies, like, you barely see them in Empire. The, uh, the big ones, the, the big walkers, the AT-ATs, AT-ATs, whatever you want to call them. Uh, you know, those are, like, the, the main focus of the Battle of Hoth. And then you do the Battle of Endor, and you got the, you got the, uh, the AT-STs, and, like, the Ewoks just kind of make them look dumb, you know? You kind of forget that these are, like, an actual, like, uh, kind of legitimate piece of, uh, warfare. Um, and this episode does a really good job of kind of making it scary. And it's kind of, uh, it is kind of funny that it is the episode that's directed by, uh, Bryce Dallas Howard. And it's got, like, some big, like, Jurassic Park, Jurassic World vibes in there. Because, uh, the ATST kind of almost seems like a T-Rex. Um, and it's the way it's shot. It's just kind of very, like, it's got, like, red lights on the inside. So it looks like it's got these red eyes. And it's, yeah, it's pretty, it's pretty scary. Um, but, yeah, you get, uh, you get Mando uh, dealing with all this stuff. But the whole time they're, like, there's this, there's this theme where it's, like, uh, you know, after they take care of the issues and all that. Like, hey, you could, 
you could just settle down here. You can you can take off the armor. You can uh, raise your kid, and you, you can have a good life for yourself. And even though he's like got the mask on, he's got his like Mandalorian uh, mask on the whole time. Like you really see him like thinking it over, and like I mean, we don't know all of his adventures and everything leading up to this point yet. Um, but uh, we get a sense that this guy's lived like this. Uh, he's lived a life, man. He's he's done a lot of things, and the idea of just kind of like settling down and just chilling, and you know, just being a simple like farmer on this you know nowhere planet sounds pretty appealing, you know. And you can see him think it over. Um, he ends up just deciding that he's gonna leave. He's just going to leave uh, Baby Yoda on the planet because um, it's safer for him there. But then it turns out it's not safer for him there. There's bounty hunters looking for him. And that means that no matter where they go, they're going to be hunted. So that's not great. And um, yeah, so uh, yeah, I really enjoyed watching that episode the second time. Um, and I think that was probably my least favorite one in the uh, my first go around watching it the first time. And uh, but yeah, it was it's really good, and I've really enjoyed like rewatching season one. Um, I, like I said, I completely skipped over the whole point where the Mandalorian uh, he decides to <clears throat> he returns the bounty, uh, the child Grogu, Baby Yoda, and he turns it into the Imperials like he's supposed to. And then he ends up just being super conflicted about it. He starts, you kind of start to see the cracks in his armor, excuse the pun. Um, but uh, he, you know, asks, you know, what they're going to do with it. And that's like kind of a big no-no for the, the, the code of the bounty hunters. And um, then uh, not only like after he turns the bounty in and goes back and he's talking to Grief Karga who's played by Carl Weathers who just is just you know I think he's just having fun um and you could tell that he's having fun because man he just he just I just enjoy him anytime he's on the screen whether he's playing like a like a friendly character or a non-friendly character you know just you can just tell he's having a good time um so uh, Carl Weathers just knocking it out of the park <clears throat> Excuse me. Yeah, I got a little, uh, got a little cough in my my throat. Let me take a sip of coffee real quick, y'all. Mhm. Mm mhm. Mm Didn't let my coffee sit out too long this morning, so it's still warm. So that's that's always nice when it's cold outside. But uh, yep. Uh, so yeah, Amando, he did, you know, he, he's, you just you see him start to kind of he's just he's getting sloppy, you know. And and uh, ends up asking Grief Karga about what what they were gonna do with it, and of course he reminds him he's like I didn't ask because you know you know we're not supposed to. That's the whole point of being a bounty hunter, no questions asked. And uh, anyways, you just the whole episode like he's like you you kind of just like again he's got he's got the armor on the whole time, which is a huge testament to the like the three actors that are bringing this uh, this character to life. Um, of course, Pedro Pascal, who, um, you know, he does spend some time in the suit. There was some kind of like, uh, I, not controversy in the beginning uh, or in like season one, but they were talking about uh, like how much time is he actually in the suit, you know, compared to the other two stunt guys who 
I am forgetting their names and I even looked them up and made a mental note um, to remember their names because you know they're the the guys that you know the unsung heroes of, of the Mandalorian and uh, I know I know one of them their first name is Latif I want to say the other one's name is Brandon it's a <laughs> I feel like it's a, like a super generic white guy name but uh <laughs> Coming, you know, coming from a guy named Josh, so that's that's big talk. Um, but uh, yeah, so yeah, but even though there are three different guys that kind of play this character, <clears throat> their uh, performance is it, it, it's pretty seamless. You know, it's hard to tell when like who's who's in the suit. Um, I mean, obviously, you would think like a stunt guy is in. Uh, is in the suit for like the stunts and stuff like that but you know like which stunt guy is it and like there's no like you can't tell which one it is um you know they they work really well together as far as making the mandalorian one single character and uh like this episode where he's you know starting to kind of like um, you, you know, we see these like cracks in his armor kind of deal where he's like starting to like second guess him turning the uh, uh, the child into the empire or this uh, this uh, empire like leftovers remnant. Um, he, he does like this performance all all through the armor, and you just see him like you can see him just like second-guessing things and like this is you know like this is the the bounty hunters code and I'm like this is I you can see how he conflicted he is about it and uh, anyway so he like he eventually cracks and goes back and uh, just goes to town on uh, goes to town on these Imperials which is it one of my favorite parts uh, of the the show because you know like yeah he's he's a Mandalorian he's a bounty hunter but like He's pretty awesome, uh, especially like when he goes to town on a bunch of stormtroopers um, or a bunch of goons, you know, just uh, just lights him up and stuff like that. It's uh, it's always fun to watch. Then anyways, ends up getting the, the child back and that's when they take off and uh, they go for, oh, well, I mean, they don't take off automatically because then they got to face off against all the bounty hunters and then the Mandalorians come in. Um, to save the day and they're on jetpacks and it's just an awesome scene because like we've seen Jango Fett and we've seen Boba Fett and we've seen Mandalorians in like the Rebel and Rebels and like Clone Wars and stuff like that uh, but to actually see like them come in uh, live action and all that stuff was super cool you know it's not at, and as, as a group you know it was really cool just a really cool thing to see in uh, in the series so, um, yeah, so they come in, save the day. Um, I think that episode's the one that introduces, like, the whole, this is the way, um, saying, um, which is really cool. Um, I love, like, all of the kind of aspects of, like, the Mandalorian culture that we get, um, only to find out, like, later in season two that there might not be all the Mandalorian culture, you know, like, there might be a little bit more. Um, we'll get into that when we get into season two. Mm-hmm. And then, um, so yesterday, yesterday I watched, uh, my favorite episode, I think, in season one. 
And you think like this episode two would be? Uh, oh, I, I forgot. I watched. I watched two episodes yesterday. Um, uh, and f- for legal reasons, I listened to those episodes and I did not watch them. <laughs> I'll just say that. Um, mm-hmm. So I got a coffee up. I, I've already had like one cup of coffee. No, like this is my, my, like I make a whole French press pretty much mostly, most of the times in the morning that's my, my go-to is I make a French press and then I fill up my, my travel mug and then I normally have some like leftover for like uh, a cup of coffee and so I'll drink that while I'm kind of getting ready at the house. Then I got my travel mug for the commute to work slash podcast time slash time to, you know, get ready for the work day. That's a little, uh. It's a little Easter egg right there for those of you that listen to me and uh, and also work with me. <laughs> uh, but anyways, uh, so yeah, the two episodes I watched uh, yesterday, I think both episodes are, uh, those are my two favorite ones, and they're like right smack dab in the middle, um, and uh, so the first one is The Gunslinger, and it's directed by uh, Deborah Chow. Uh, she did a great job as a director, such a great job that they decided to let her do the uh, the Obi-Wan series that will uh, come out sometime. I, I feel like they've been like teasing it for a, a while, and you know, obviously, um, uh, we got the COVID-19 uh, that kind of messed everything up this year, so some of this stuff m- may have been out already, I don't know, but uh, anyways, she did a good job with the Gunslinger episode, it's very Western vibes, um, and then just like going back and re-watching uh, uh, season one, there's man, so much so much Western, uh, you know, just stuff in there, um, and, um, but uh, yeah, so... Uh, he is it. The gunslinger is first, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. Gunslinger, and then uh, so he, what is he? He gets in like this uh, like space battle. As, I guess it's a bounty hunter or something like that. Uh, has like tracked him down, and like it starts off with a space battle, uh, which is it's, it's fun to see the the Razor Crest uh, Mando ship do that. And uh, even though it is kind of like the whole, you know, Star Wars, it, man, this thing's a piece of junk. It's a bucket of bolts, you know, <laughs> like uh, uh, kind of like the Millennium Falcon. Uh, but you know, it's got character, and that's where it counts. <laughs> um, and anyway, space starts off with space battle. Anyway, gets you know damaged and stuff like that, and um, he ends up kind of limping to the nearest planet. Just so happens to be Tatooine. Of course, you know they you know they had to had to go to Tatooine. Uh, it's it's not Star Wars unless you go to Tatooine, I guess. Um, so he sets down in, in Moss Eisley. So it's cool to see Moss Eisley again because we haven't seen that since uh, since the original Tridge. Um, and um, of course, you know if it's in Clone Wars or uh, uh, 
Rebels. I I haven't watched all of those series in entirety. Um, I know, I know, um, but uh, it's it's on my to do list. And now that there's no Mandalorian <laughs> on Fridays to watch, I'll probably uh, probably start going through that some of that stuff. I did just a side note. I did uh, I was like working my way through Rebels, and I was kind of watching it with my uh, my five year old. And uh, season uh, two kind of started off. It started off pretty good. It got kind of not dark, but it was kind of like it was. It's definitely rated Y seven. Um, so it's like it just it's maybe just a little bit intense for her, especially when like the uh, the Inquisitors start coming on the scene and all that. Uh, so yeah, definitely have to go back and and rewatch some of that. Maybe when she's not, <laughs> maybe when she's not around, and then of course. Uh, Maybe when she's older again, we'll revisit all this stuff, which will be fun. Um, let's see, but uh, yeah, so we get to see Maz Eisley again. We get to go back to the cantina, uh, which you know in the original trilogy, that you know is the famous line like, "Hey, your droids are gonna have to wait outside," and uh, we don't like their kind in here. <laughs> it's like, man, you guys, you guys, racist, racist uh, against droids. Uh, which another okay another side note another cool thing Star Wars did is um, for like the 40th anniversary of A New Hope they did a book uh, called A Certain Point of View and they just did another one for the 40th anniversary of Empire Strikes Back uh, but basically it tells like all these like it's all these little short stories all these little snippets and stuff like that um, but it's all through like uh, like minor characters that are in the movie um, and of course, like one of the stories uh, talks about uh, the uh, bu- 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 the bartender there at um, at the cantina. And of course, like he's his parents were killed in the Clone Wars by battle droids, and that's why he doesn't like droids. And it, yeah, it's just a fun little it's just a fun little thing, you know. It's like everybody in the Star Wars universe has a story, um, and I think that's like one thing like people like see like the movies and they're like oh well you know they didn't even answer these questions and stuff like that you know like that's one thing i'll give uh like star wars and like like even before disney bought it with like the extended universe and then afterwards with them kind of like redoing everything um and then pulling things from the old extended universe you know everybody in this universe has got a story you know yeah you might not be a skywalker you might not be a palpatine um, and like, I, I, I saw a video the other day and it's like, you know, like basically, uh, I, I don't want to get into spoilers for season two of the Mandalorian, but like, you know, like basically saying like, if, you know, if you're not a Skywalker, if you're not a Palpatine, you don't matter in this universe, go live on your, on your backwards planet and, you know, and, you know, live until you die, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's like, you know, you don't, ex- you don't even matter in this, in this universe. And that, you know, that's. That's not true. Everyone in the Star Wars universe has a story. Whether or not that story's been told yet, you know, that's 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 what's you know, that's the thing, man. And like as I think Disney continues to grow uh, Star Wars and continue to learn from especially like the sequel trilogy um, and like kind of the stuff that uh, they uh, did in that series there's just so much stuff that they can uh, they can work with and there's that's the great thing about Star Wars is it's such an open world and it's such a, a great sandbox to play in um, some of my favorite stuff is you know not even like the main stuff it's the stuff that's come out of the uh, you know out of the extended universe or the stuff that you know is now like uh, like uh, like the the Marvel comic books have been 
phenomenal ever since like Disney took over um, since Disney pretty much owns Marvel and Star Wars so like their Star Wars comic books are like they're pretty good now and like the first run of like the Darth Vader series if you haven't read that it's it's some of the best like Star Wars like storytelling and uh, most of the Darth Vader stuff that I've read is super good and it it completely keeps him being the bad guy and not good at all during the original trilogy but you see like you see all those glimmers of hope and all that glimmers of good that Luke eventually sees in Return of the Jedi and you just see the conflict in in this man uh, uh, even though he's more machine than man now but um, <laughs> and yeah that, I mean that's one of the, the greatest things about um, about Star Wars is like yeah people get all bent out of shape oh you're not a Skywalker you're not a Palpatine you're not a, a, a Kenobi or something like that if you're not like one of the big people then you don't you don't matter and that's just not true it just means your story hasn't been told yet um, and you know what let's get a little inspirational that's the same for this world right you might not feel like you matter you might not feel like you you know like if if you you know die tomorrow the the world would it would it even care like you you have no idea the like potential that your your story could bring the earth you know like there's that that whole thing like if you go back five years ago and change one thing uh would you and like you know most people answer yes i was like well why don't you think about the future five years from now if you could change one thing today that would affect your future in five years wouldn't you do it and then like you think about it and you're like yeah i probably would so like like uh you know it's december it's the holidays holidays is a big time for you know you know like all the all the all, all the christmas stuff and, and family but it's also a hard time for a lot of people if you're having a hard time you know especially uh, especially this year this year's just been rough just been brutal just know like you know what maybe maybe your story hasn't been told yet maybe you're in the process of telling your story you know and it's just uh it's it's just not finished yet so don't don't leave your story on a on a cliffhanger you know like you might have somebody that wants to hear the end of your story so don't deprive them of that <laughs> you know keep going keep you know keep keep just keep swimming uh all right that's enough for the uh, inspirational stuff good uh back to star wars you know the stuff i'm good at <laughs> um but yeah so yeah, we get back to Tatooine, and um, man, I said all of that just, and I hadn't even made it through the canteen yet. I'm almost to work. So, um, yep, he ends up coming across, uh, gosh, I can't remember the guy's name. Is, is it Toko? Toro? Some, yeah, some space name, you know, some Star Wars name. And uh, he uh, basically hires the, the Mando to do this job, and it, he tries to come off as like tough and then he's like i i haven't even made into the bounty hunters guild yet this is this is the job i need to get into the guild (laughs) and yeah it's just kind of that whole you know like come off tough but you're really just kind of a big baby kind of deal um so yeah they take this job and it's like a bounty on this like assassin and uh oh man this person next to me really wants to get to work they're passing me um in uh, over a, a double double yellow line like man i gotta get to work right now bro i just can't wait to do this work <laughs> and he's passing somebody else look at this guy he man that's the kind of employee we all want right that guy is dedicated he's that's like i gotta get to work right now i'm passing the semi <laughs> 
Anyways, oh man, I'm just completely off the rails this morning. Did I even talk about The Mandalorian this morning? I don't know. This is going to be a long episode. Um, I, I barely even touched on this episode. But we get uh, uh, Ming-Na Wen. Ming, is it Ming-Na? Ming-Na Wen? I think, yeah, that's what it is. Um, who some of you know from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, some of you know from Mulan. Um, but yeah, like... I was super glad when I saw that she was cast in this show because uh, I loved Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Um, I watched it, I think, up to like the fifth the fifth season, maybe. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I was super glad that she was in it. Um, I loved her character, even though it seemed like she was only in it for like a little bit. And, uh, yeah, like the, the way that episode ends, you kind of think she's she's left for dead and um then you see a mysterious a mysterious character kind of uh kneel down next to her but we don't know who it is we found out in season two though and it was super exciting and i had a good time watching that episode but we'll get to that when i talk about season two um but yeah just just a good episode then the 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 kid bounty hunter tries to double cross mando guess what doesn't work out for him because I mean, come on, dude. You're not even in the Bounty Hunter Guild, and you think you're gonna you're gonna pull a switcheroo? You're gonna pull a sneaky on the Mandalorian? Man, get out of here with that, man. That's come on, dude. Oh man, it's just just a bad idea, dude. Just not a good idea. <laughs> Anyways, so that was that episode, the Gunslinger, and then um, I didn't even have time to get to my favorite episode in season one, which is the Prisoner. Um, and of course that introduces the character of, uh, Mayfield. Is it Miggs Mayfield? I think it's Miggs Mayfield. Of course, played by Bill Burr, um, who just did an awesome job, but I don't have enough time to talk about how awesome of a job he did. So I'm going to stop right here and then I'll pick it up and we'll keep doing this Mandalorian podcast and uh, I'll see you guys in a little bit. This episode of the Savannah Zombie Podcast is brought to you by Valhalla Books' upcoming anthology, The Devil's Do. Nothing is ever as it seems. Ill-begotten wealth, fame, and glory come at a high price. Featuring award-winning authors and Horror Writers Association members, The Devil's Do offers enthralling horror stories of underhanded deals gone awry. And if you pre-order it now, it'll deliver to your device... On Halloween. Yes, that's right. October 31st of this year. Halloween's not canceled, y'all. So go ahead and go out there and pre-order it now. I've got a story in it. I think it's pretty good. You should definitely check it out. No. <laughs> oh, man, I wasn't even recording. Oh, cool. Love when you, you don't hit that record button. Hey, anyways, welcome back to <laughs> the third part take 17 it feels like um yeah so uh hey it's december 24th it's christmas eve um uh tried to record a, another piece yesterday morning um and uh yeah i just i was kind of having an off morning i didn't drink my coffee like an idiot and um <laughs> Yeah, it was just, it was just, it wasn't a good morning. So if you hear any crackling in the background, which I, I kind of hear like, uh, every time like I hit a bump, I'm not sure why I, me hitting a bump in the truck, why that's affecting 
like my connection to my phone so I'm, I'm not 100% sure what's going on there I tried recording without the microphone as well and it's a lot noisier so um, yeah all that background noise you're hearing right now um, it'd be a lot worse if I didn't use the microphone so um, if you listen to like the earlier episodes of the podcast and you know what you know what I'm talking about so um, yeah Anyways, let's get back into it. Um, I left off talking about the awesome episode with uh, Bill Burr in it. Uh, it's the prisoner. Mano does basically a you know a heist uh, with a group of scoundrels. I love all of the like underbelly, uh, like uh, you know just straight up like bounty hunters and scoundrels and you know all the all the scum and villainy of Star Wars uh, that's kind of shown off in this. Uh, in this series, um, you just get, you know, because with the movies and all that, kind of the focus is on, like, the Jedi versus the Sith, and, you know, the, the Republic versus the, the Separatist, or the Empire versus the Rebellion, um, and there's all these, like, big, like, ideals and stuff like that. that um, Mandalorian just does a really good job at, uh, you know, just taking a look at just, like, the normal people, you know, and, um, yeah, so it... The Prisoner is probably like one, if not my favorite, one of my favorite episodes in uh, season one. Uh, it's just so well done, and I looked up the uh, director's names, uh, director's name, like so many times, and I still don't know how to correctly pronounce his last name. Um, so, oh, man, I don't, even, I don't even want to attempt it. Cause I feel like I'm gonna butcher it, and he doesn't—he doesn't deserve that, man. He's an awesome director, um, and he also—he's uh, directed several episodes in The Mandalorian. Rick Famuyu, something I—I I don't know, I don't know. And I, I meant to look up like a like a video or like an interview of him being like uh, like somebody saying his name. I just I, I didn't have the time you know it's just between work and trying to get things ready for Christmas so uh, my deepest apologies Rick if you've ever listened to the Savannah Zombie podcast um, I, I mean no offense uh, but uh, yeah definitely one of my favorite episodes um, and uh, I love the inclusion of the like three X-wing uh, fighters at the end with the New Republic uh, of course they're all cameos uh, with the the director uh, Rick himself and then the other two uh, two other directors from The Mandalorian uh, Deborah Chow and uh, Dave Filoni Dave Filoni not Dan Filoni like I for some reason thought in like the first part of this uh, of this episode I don't know where I got Dan from uh, but yeah and so it was kind of cool to see them uh, as uh, as fighter pilots because that's 100% what I would do if I was making a Star Wars thing. It's like, hey, I need to be in this as some minor character. Um, and, of course, uh, Dave Filoni makes uh, a, a cameo again as the same fighter pilot in, uh, in uh, uh, what, season two. Um, so, yeah, that's really cool. And um, I definitely think that's, like, uh, it's just a cool thing to do. Um, you know, like, and you can kind of tell that, like, all the directors um, are super into the show and like they're just having a blast and like yeah you know like you're like yeah if we're making star wars like i'm gonna be in this thing too you know like i'm gonna go ahead make make myself a little star wars piece um but uh mm -hmm. i guess i'm not coffee because i'm not making that mistake again 
yesterday was a rough morning. Whew, it took me a long time to to get into gear. Um, but uh, yeah. Um, so yeah, Bill Burr as Mix Mayfield, just a great character. He's just a, an a-hole, um, and he just, you know, Bill Burr is able to play that part just so well, um, and kind of still inject uh, some of that, that Bill Burr humor into the character. Um, you know, he's cussing and all that stuff, and it's just, it was just, just a fun episode. Um, and uh, then it got like, uh, uh, kind of like some horror movie vibes at the end when uh, they think they've like tricked uh, the Mando and uh, he ends up like coming back and he's like all in the shadows and stuff like that and the, the, the lights are all red yeah it's really oh, it's just a really good episode and just to like I guess like pause uh, real quick like that every episode in this series has been amazing even like the ones that people like haven't like I guess like aren't their favorites and stuff like that like man they're still really good um like in any other tv show man it'd be amazing I'm trying to figure out what's which jangling i don't i don't have any change coffee cup might be that, that's that's what it is it's the car seat got the car seat in here uh flipped upside down so i can see the side window mm-hmm yep just my mobile podcast studio um, and you get some of those acoustic <laughs> acoustic uh, panels in here for when I'm recording. Just put it up against everything. Um, but, uh, yeah, so, oh, man. Uh, then, like, the last two episodes of the uh, season pretty much bring everything back together. Um, it kind of wraps up the story and raises the stakes. Why is the connection going crazy? I'm gonna I'm gonna soldier through this part because I gotta finish this episode. Um, and um, so, okay, what is what is? It's like every time I hit a bump. Why does that affect? Why does that affect the connection? It's not even it's not even touching anything. Ah, I'm going crazy. Um, I'm gonna have to get a better setup to continue doing these because this is it's not working. All right. Um, yeah, so the last two episodes of uh, The Reckoning and Redemption uh, are both just, man, just just great. We get Moff Gideon, uh, Giancarlo es Espinito, I think it's Espinito, um, is it Espinito or Espinito? Uh, I don't know. Um, I think it's Espinito. But, of course, uh, he plays, you know, Gus Fring from Breaking Bad and just, just a great bad guy. Um, and he plays this... Uh, former imperial uh intelligence officer now he's a moth and he's basically like one of the last remnants of the empire and he's the one that's been uh, orchestrating the whole thing of trying to get uh baby yoda uh back from the mandalorian and all that um and he's the one that really actually wants him um not the client um but uh yeah, just a great bad guy. You can tell he's like he's he's cold, he's calculated, and um, he knows everything about everything. He's the one that reveals the Mandalorian's name, and um, yeah, just he just you know he just he just, he just a good bad guy. Mm. 
I hit a bump as I was drinking coffee and it splashed up on my nose and it was so hot. Ow! My nose! Um, but yeah, just a, a just a great. You think the the, I mean, it brings back Quill, uh, and it brings back IG Eleven, um, who I think I got confused as IG Eighty Eight in uh, the first part, um, which you know, easy to mix up. But uh, IG Eleven comes back, so you got Taika Watiti coming back to voice him. Quill's like basically like rebuilt him and reprogrammed him and uh, Mando doesn't trust uh, he doesn't trust droids because then we find out that when he was a found or when he was uh, a kid uh, the super battle droids killed his parents during the Clone Wars and he was rescued by the Mandalorians and that's how he became a foundling um, and yeah just this great like backstory into into him and um, then you, you know you go to the future or the present time and you realize why he doesn't like droids and all that and he's got this this distrust of IG-11 the whole time but ends up ends up kind of coming around coming around to him um, and man just so many great things in these last two episodes I mean they, they, like at this point you know like obviously if you're listening this far spoilers uh, but yeah I mean Quill Quill dies and it's like right at the end of the episode and I just remember watching that and I was just like oh my gosh they kill Quill why oh then and, and just like like there was like emotional weight to it because he was trying to save baby Yoda and ended up failing and um, you know nobody knows he's dead yet and it was just like man this is this is uh, just a bummer and of course it's like right at the end of the episode and they're releasing it week by week and I was like oh now you gotta wait till next week to find out what's gonna happen in the final episode which it's just great I mean I know I've mentioned it but I just love the the week by week episode thing um, is for shows like this uh, yeah like uh, I mean more like like sitcoms and stuff like that I feel like I could uh, like binge a couple episodes or uh, like me and my wife were going back to uh, rewatching uh, House right now, um, so that's good for like two or three episodes. Uh, I don't think I would want to watch like a show like that like week to week. But um, yeah, it's man. I don't know. You know, again, I know I've said it a bunch of times. I just want to apologize one more time for this connection because it's driving me crazy, and I'm sure it's probably gonna drive you crazy when you're listening. And I don't know why it's so bad now when like I haven't had this issue like until like this week. Like it, it does happen occasionally, but it's like every bump I hit now. Maybe I had smoother suspension in the van, and it's a little bit more bumpy in here. I don't know. But still, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. Um, so yeah, Quill, Quill dies, and it's just a bummer, um, because really liked his character, and then, uh, the last episode opens up with just this great sequence with IG-11 going after the baby Yoda, um, because he's now a nurse droid, not a bounty hunter, he's not programmed for killing, he's programmed for caring, and, um, he uh man it got super hot in this truck um 
yeah, just this awesome sequence of him taking out all these stormtroopers, and uh, it's just great. He keeps Baby Yoda safe. He ends up coming saving, saving the day, saving uh, the Mandalorian and Cara Dune and Kreef Garga because they're like trapped. And um, yeah, it's just it was cool, kind of like because um, we had that episode, the, the episode before, and, and Quill dies at the end, and then. So now IG-11 comes in. He gets this kind of little time to shine. And uh, just in that episode, in between those two episodes, you kind of get like this small redemption arc for IG-11 where he was this, you know, crazy bounty hunter droid that just wanted to <laughs> blow himself up. And um, yeah, and he got reprogrammed. And, and now he's all about all about caring and taking care of and stuff like that. Um, last episode, uh, we finally get uh, the Mandalorian to take his mask off, and it's just great because it's, uh, you know, he's he's ready to like just stay there and die um, because he can't take his mask off in front of people. Um, so everybody else leaves, and IG-11's like, oh, you know, let me take your mask off. And of course, you know, Mandal Mandalorian, who we now know is Din Djarin, uh, says, you know, no living thing has seen my face since I took the creed. And of course, IG-11's like, well, I'm no living thing. So he, he's able to kind of use that loophole to take off uh, the, the mask. And we finally get to see Pedro Pascal's face, um, which just loving all the uh, loving all the space Mexican representation. And that's just, that's, I, I know he's not Mexican. Uh, is he Mexican? I don't know. Um, but uh, just all the, the space Latinos in uh, in Star Wars lately. Uh, we got Oscar Isaac, and then of course Pedro Pascal and Diego Luna. Um, and uh, yeah, man, it's just it's you know, uh, it's just it's just cool to to, to kind of see, uh, especially uh, the more like recent movies and all that stuff. Like just you know, humans of different colors, which makes sense in a universe full of aliens, you know. <laughs> but. Anyways, um, we get to see him with his mask off. Uh, IG-11 is able to heal him with some back to spray, which is pretty cool. He, he kind of gets better from that. Um, they end up going down in the sewers, find out like the Mandalorian, uh, like covert, like they uh, were, some of them got wiped out by the uh, Imperials after the whole thing blew up when Mandalorian uh, stole back Baby Yoda. And of course, they the armorer's still there. She's collecting all the the armor and the Beskar and stuff like that. And uh, yeah, so they have this this cool scene, and she gives she gives the Mandalorian the task, man. She gives him the task of returning Baby Yoda to the Jedi. And uh, so it's like, man, it's like this is the last episode, but you're setting up big things. And so it was really cool. Uh, got to see a cool fight scene uh, with her. And she's just going to town with her like hammer and her like uh, her other tools that she uses to forge things, which I thought was a, a really nice touch because like that's, you know, that's what uh, her expertise is, is, is these tools. And of course, like she would fight with them. Um, so that was really, that was really awesome. Just a bunch of cool things in the episode. Uh, they escape through this lava tunnel. There's a giant, uh, or not a giant, he's, well, I mean, he's a, an R2 unit, but he, like, is able to, like, he's got, like, arms and legs, and he's, like, a basically, um, uh, what do they call him? I'm going blank on the name, but it's, like, the, the little, uh, 
uh, the boats that you you push with the stick and he's pushing it in the lava and <laughs> and um, so they're on this skiff and anyways the the droid like malfunctions and Cara Dune ends up uh, shooting it because it's not stopping. Uh, the stormtroopers are waiting at the mouth of the cave for him, and then IG-11 comes in with the with the sacrifice. He he gets into the lava and walks out towards the stormtroopers and uh, sets off his his thermal detonator, uh, set inside of him in order to uh, protect the child as his last uh, as his last task blows up all the stormtroopers and uh, makes it so that the, uh, the the characters can escape and it's just great kind of you know because like, uh, yeah you wouldn't think that this crazy bounty hunter would get a redemption arc but he does he does get a redemption arc and that's awesome um, so it uh, yeah that you got that coming full circle and what else what else what else what else okay yeah so you think you think they're out of it and um, you think they're like almost home free and then Moff Gideon comes out of nowhere in the TIE fighter um, so uh, Mandalorian he, uh, he he straps on his jetpack that he was just given by the uh, by the armorer and he takes off and we finally get to see him fly with a jetpack it's awesome he fights the TIE fighter ends up making it crash um, and then they think they've you know they've killed Moff Gideon um, and you know happy ending wahoo everything's great we're gonna go take I'm gonna take this baby Yoda and go find some Jedi and take him back there and um, you know Grief Karga is gonna take uh, well he's kind of he was in charge of the city to begin with but he's gonna you know now that the Imperials are gone you know he's gonna uh, take better watch over the city and stuff like that Cara Dune's gonna stick around and make sure that everybody all the bad guys stay away and um, yeah, man, it's a good, a good, happy ending. And then you got the little, the little teaser at the end with the Tie Fighter. And next thing you know, somebody's cutting their way out of it. And Moff Gideon's got the dark saber, which is you know, if you've watched Clone Wars and and uh, Rebels, then you know the the significance of the dark saber. But a lot of people are just like, what? What is like? What is that thing? Um, so it's just cool because it's like uh, this, this, this. Uh, this teaser at the end and you know if you're a, a, a diehard Star Wars fan you've been following along with everything that you know what it is and you can tell all your friends no this is this and it does this and it, this is the importance of this and all this stuff and that's just fun uh, just a great end of that season uh, season two uh, just came out it came out the door swinging man and man it was it was a long wait in between season one and season two and I, don't, I mean, not really. It was only like a year, which is pretty normal for TV shows. You know, like one season, they come out the, the following, uh, uh, or the following corresponding comes out in fall, and then it comes out the next fall, you know? Um, and, uh, but man, it was such a, just a long wait. But one of the things Disney uh, did that really helped make it uh, is they do the show called Star Wars Gallery, um, and it focuses on The Mandalorian. It's basically like the behind-the-scenes features of the Mandalorian. They show how it's made. They talk about like all like the directors and like their inspirations and stuff like that. Just talk about making the show. Um, and I think that was like eight episodes too. Man, that's a good show. I almost like as like I'm I'm ready because season two just ended last week, and I think Gallery comes out this Friday. And uh, I'm a little excited about it. Uh, I know Friday's Christmas tomorrow, um, but yeah, uh, it's uh, man. 
Uh, it's a really good show. I love the behind-the-scenes stuff. I just like learning about like how they make Star Wars and stuff like that. So I'm pretty excited about that. It made some of the weight uh, a little bit more bearable uh, for season two. And then season two just came out, just came out swinging, man. And that first episode, it just, it's just so much fun. Um, go back to Tatooine and Mandalorian. He's looking for uh, the help of other Mandalorians to help him get this kid to uh, get uh, Baby Yoda to the Jedi. And he. Uh, that comes across like rumors of a Mandalorian on Tatooine. So everybody's like, oh snap, is it is it Boba Fett? Is it Boba Fett? Is it Boba Fett? And anyways, uh, so he goes and he finds uh, out where this person is. Um, it's some little like tiny little desert town in the middle of nowhere. Um, goes there, finds out it's not Boba Fett, but it's a guy in Boba Fett's armor, Cobb Vanth. Um, who uh, came across Boba Fett's armor and used it to clean up the town from mercenaries and thugs. Um, so he's kind of like the sheriff of this small little town. Just, again, huge Western vibes in, in this episode. Just a lot of fun. And, um, yeah, so it's funny because, like, the armor's obviously not his. He's, uh, it does, doesn't fit him well. <laughs> it's kind of like a crop top armor because uh, the actor, Timothy Oliphant, is uh, pretty tall. And so, yeah, it's just funny to kind of see him in this ill-fitting armor. Uh, then we come to find out that the town's kind of being plagued by this crate dragon, which is awesome because we get that kind of nod back from the original trilogy uh, with kind of the just the talk of the, uh, the crate dragon and stuff like that. And um, so we actually get to see one in this episode. There's team up with the Tusken Raiders, the Sand People, and it gives just a little bit of, uh, and not like backstory on them, but it gives just a little bit more, uh, a hum humanizes them a little bit. Because I mean, we've always kind of, you know, they were, they attacked a Luke and a New Hope, and then we got the scene in Attack of the Clones with uh, Anakin's mother. So we kind of just always thought. Tuscan Raiders, Sand People. What is going on with this connection? It is so much worse today than it normally is. Like, ah. um, but uh, yeah. So you know, just always kind of thinking the Sand People is like you know, like these like brutal kind of you know, like desert people and stuff like that. But like the Mandalorian, they did it season one too. Um, but like this episode, especially like it just kind of humanizes them and like, hey, like these like you know, like these are people. These are people too. Um, so they team up with them to take down this Krayt Dragon. Just crazy. We get some jetpack action and just fighting and stuff like that. And then, of course, the big teaser at the end of that episode. Boba Fett is alive. And, well, it, it, there were some people saying, oh, it's not Boba Fett. It's going to be like a, a clone or something like that, you know, because they all have the same face. It's all played by the same actor, Tamora Morrison. Um, who played the clones in, you know, the, the prequels, and, um, I'm like, guys, I mean, they're on Tatooine, like, it's got, it's, it's Boba Fett, they're setting up Boba Fett, like, they've already talked about, like, you know, in real life that they're setting up a Boba Fett kind of, you know, maybe a mini-series or something like that, um, 
Um, and so yeah, big teaser at the end. Uh, the thing that I noticed is that he was wearing like sand people clothing, like he was wearing like robes, and he had the gaffy stick and like the uh, sand people uh, rifle that they have. And so like I thought that was really cool. And like my thought was like I wonder if he was like he was there the whole time and like he was planning on getting back the armor from Cobb Vanth, and then the uh, Mandalorian came in and kind of uh kind of just uh threw a, a a monkey in that wrench and uh yeah so i i was wondering like if he was if he was really there the whole time you know just uh dressed up as a sand person and um but you know i don't know that's just my that's my theory that's my theory um but yeah so man just a, a, a crazy off the walls start to uh to season two um Man, I, I'm, I'm almost at work, and I, I really needed to do that episode <laughs> yesterday so I could uh, talk about season two because there's just so much to talk about. Um, so I guess I guess I'm going to just uh, put these three parts together, make that one episode, um, and uh, then we'll pick up kind of where we left off. Um, I, I mean, I'll probably be able to do it next week. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll talk more about season two, uh, next week and I'll get back, uh, back into it. Um, yeah, but that's it. Hey, uh, so again, for a final time, sorry about the, the audio stuff. I'm not sure why all of a sudden it's decided to, you know, start doing that anytime I hit a, a, a decent bump or something like that. Um, yeah, so I'm all about like... <laughs> I'm all about, you know, like, not putting super amount of effort into this, like, production-wise. Like, you know, that's why I don't edit. That's why I, I kind of do it on my way to work. It's just supposed to be kind of a me kind of talking, kind of just, you know, kind of deal. Um, you know, I leave all the, the goofs and all the, the coffee sips in and everything. Uh, but when it comes to, like, audio quality, that, like, stuff kind of really bugs me. Um, just because, like, I just, you know, even though, like, I'm not really talking about anything important, I want you to be able to kind of, you know, hear what I'm saying as I'm talking. Um, and I feel like, especially, like, during this, like, third part, it was a lot more noticeable. Uh, just me hearing it in the headphones. Uh, so I'm sure it's going to, you know, be noticeable over, over the... Uh, the, the recording and all that stuff so again apologize for that i'm going to try and figure out uh, a more permanent solution for uh recording this um so i'm not i'm not sure where the the bad connection is but i'll figure it out uh but hey uh merry christmas everybody um if you don't celebrate christmas then happy holidays uh whatever you whatever you celebrate um but hey it's uh christmas eve today i gotta knock out this last day here at work um came in a little bit earlier than i normally do so uh one of my customers is also closed today and they're kind of one of the ones that take take the most amount of time so hey you know what here's an early day um hopefully everything goes smooth um it's nice and nice and warm down here in the south so i don't have to worry about snow or anything um but uh hey y'all have a good holiday and i'll see y'all next week